Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. Welcome to episode nine of season three on Wife Me Up. I am your host, Megan Faulkner, and I just want to welcome you to our four-part series celebrating Christmas. There are only two Thursdays left until Christmas. That includes today. And I'm so excited to continue on our journey with you as we investigate four words in the ne- that we've been investigating too, and now we're in our final two that will lead us to this super cool understanding of what exactly hope and peace and joy and love are. We're going to talk a lot about joy on Wife Me Up today. It is one of my absolute favorite topics. We're going to do a deep dive into that word and see how we can experience that in our everyday life. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. We are at just about 6,000 listeners. And this podcast keeps growing and I am absolutely dying over it. I am beside myself. There's just so many of me. I come undone every time I log on and see what's happening. So if you are listening, you are the reason why. Your likes, your comments, your shares, your subscribes, your rates and reviews, specifically if you're on Apple Podcasts, are so important to podcasters and so important to me. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. They're just so helpful to us. So I can't even tell you how grateful I am. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, before we get started, remember, Wife Me Up is for the single person who wants to feel like they're a part of the club. It's for the married person who has anyone single in their life. It's for the dating, the engaged, the enraged, and everyone in between. My hope is that this show provide a little humor, a lot of fun ideas, and ways that we can all be a little more connected to each other's stories. To not isolate or assume, but to engage and ask, to tell stories, to share ideas, and to as often as possible create things for others to enjoy. Because what actually is life if it's not shared? Let's deep dive into some joy today. So I want to tell you a story today. So if you are riding in your car, just pretend I'm sitting next to you. If you're sitting somewhere, pretend that we are together having a cup of coffee, my favorite thing, um, and just chatting and, and really soaking in what each other has to say in this moment. But I really feel like I'm supposed to share this with you. I was drinking my coffee on the porch of our home in Haiti and I was watching the boys play soccer in the morning sun and listening to the sounds of the daybreak. The first light of the day in Haiti, what you should know, is that it bursts with promise of opportunity. Horns start hawking on trucks, buses and taxis, markets open for exchange of goods, and life bursts from complete darkness because there's no real electricity overnight into vibrant colors of school uniforms and music and Caribbean culture. The first light of the day is just this really incredible moment to experience. My coffee that morning was waking up my bones from a night that I was really wrestling with sleep. My sheets had gotten twisted on the bottom bunk where I sleep. A mosquito was buzzing around my head for what felt like hours. And the hum of our generator lulled me in and out of rest. The generator is right outside of my room at our home in Haiti. So I hear it all night long. And I was in the middle of this Bible study about joy, and I was desperate for my morning coffee and to be infiltrated with truth, to infiltrate me with truth. And it was then that God began speaking to my heart about this word, recalibration, redirecting a thought, a habit, or a circumstance in the direction of Him instead of where it was. And I think this is the crux of what it means to be joyful looking at him instead of our circumstances or ourselves. 
And I'm going to get a little deep and a little teachy for a minute. So stick with me through the next part. I was wrestling through the pages of my, my Bible study workbook. And Old Testament history was just kind of leaping into my eyesight. And the author of this was explaining that the Bible reveals that God appointed certain days of the year to be remembered and celebrated by the people of Israel. And these are known as the seven festivals. The word feast comes from two Hebrew words that mean divinely appointed times. And the other means festival from the verb, which means to dance. So seven times throughout the year for the people of Israel that are divinely appointed times to dance, regardless of the situation or circumstances that were in their lives. There were seven feasts that were observed annually in ancient Israel, and they were celebrated the Passover first, and then the unleavened bread, the first fruits, the Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. Those are big churchy you know, Bible words, but whatever. She described that only three were actual feasts. Only three of those festivals were actual feasts, unleavened bread, Pentecost, and tabernacles. And during the special times, they would remember great events with God. The sole purpose was to recalibrate. Three times per year during the Feast of Pentecost, Passover, and Tabernacles, all the Israelites were to gather together. They would travel from all over, some journeying through difficult circumstances, coming together in a common place to celebrate at these festivals. And she continued to explain that this time was a time of recalibration to God, a time of remembering what he had done and looking forward to what he will do in the coming year. How cool is that for us right now? A divinely appointed time to dance, remembering what he had done and looking forward to what he will do in the coming year. A time of like turning their gazes back to him, focusing on his goodness and remembering all that he had done for them. And what became even more apparent to me, and and actually why I think I paid attention in the first place, is because that's exactly what was happening in Haiti at that moment. We were hosting our annual Light and Peace convention where 50 of our pastors and and many of their entourages from all over the nation come together to study, learn, worship, and celebrate the things that God had done in the ministry in the previous year, looking forward to what he was going to do in the coming year. Some of the pastor's journeys, physically and emotionally, were really tough terrain to navigate in the coming together to even arrive at the convention in the first place. Protests had actually already begun in some places, which made getting down the mountain really difficult at best. And one of our church leaders was in a motorcycle accident and as a result, ended up losing his life on the way to us at the convention. Our hearts were just sick over this in the midst of this really wonderful event because all that was happening around us and yet through the whirlwind of activity happening around me, I kept hearing the one who knows me best whisper in this quietness, Megan, this is the recalibration time. Focus not on circumstances or situations or trials, but solely on God. And friends, I have to tell you, that is the only place to find true joy. He is the only place. The people we love and serve in Haiti were jumping and worshiping and laughing and sharing and eating and singing and clapping. I'm sure you can just picture it, the sounds and the smells and the people and the joy. Some heartbroken at their friends passing and yet choosing to joyfully worship anyway. And I found myself asking how 
so many times. And so one night I asked my pastor, my Haitian pastor, I was like, how, how is this true? How is this what's happening? Are people even sad? And he was like, sure, they're sad, but they trust Jesus and he hasn't changed. And he just said it so matter-of-factly that I was almost stunned. Because what I realized in that moment is that joy is from Jesus who hasn't and won't change. Their circumstance changed, but their God did not. And so they still had absolute, true joy. I'm reading an awesome book right now called Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. She's a missionary who lost her first husband to an attack while he was on the mission field and her second husband to cancer. She has seen the sick, the dead, the lame, the lifeless, and still somehow chooses joy in the midst of it all. It's actually astonishing to read her words. And when she talks about all of the suffering that she has endured in her life, one constant remains. She says, I saw Jesus in it every single time. She could have chosen to see the suffering or to experience the joy. And every time she turned her gaze off of her circumstance and on to her God, knowing that he is the only way in, out, and through anything that's debilitating us. Joy is something that we immediately connect, right? With like smiles, friends, happiness, pleasure, fun, basically the stuff that's been all but absent for so many of us in the past few years. And this Christmas, we don't have to fake the joy that we don't feel, right? The good news is that we have access to joy, even when we're not feeling like Buddy the Elf. We just have to go in search of it. If you are in search of joy, then you are actually in search of Jesus. If your year has been devoid of the normal sources of happiness in your life, There's an overflow of actual true joy available in Jesus. 2021 has let me see the places I was propping myself up with comforts and pleasures and plans that satisfied me instead of heading back in search of the source of my joy. And our joy doesn't come from our jobs and our family and our relationships and our finances and our success. Our joy doesn't and can't come from what we have on earth or who we are with, our joy is a gift. It is the gift that God gave us that very first Christmas with Jesus. Our joy is encompassed in the savior of the whole entire world. And even if you don't believe it, I believe it for you. He is for you. And so if you've been grumpy or just kind of frustrated or melancholy and, and you know, just kind of wrestling your way through life and you're in search of joy, I want to challenge you to search for Jesus. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in search of joy this week. Circumstances change and circumstances fade, but Jesus does not. Hey everybody and welcome to Megan Recommends, just a little segment where I share things that are making my world brighter and better in hopes that they will make your world brighter and better too. Today I actually have two recommendations for you involving this um, kind of spirit of joy or cultivating this spirit of joy. One, the book that I 
referenced in the podcast is called Suffering is Never for Nothing, and it's by Elizabeth Elliot. And it's a short book. It's a quick read, but it is deep, and it is incredible to hear her testimony of ample amounts of suffering, and yet she chooses joy anyway. That is an incredible, incredible recommendation I have for you. I mean, incredible book (laughs) recommendation. I'm so great. I'm incredibly recommending this. No, the book is incredible, and um, I definitely recommend it. And second, there is an awesome band called Kane, C-A-I-N, a Christian band that I've been listening to like on repeat these days. So good. But one song specifically um, is just really speaking to me in terms of this season, and it's called Keep Following. So I recommend listening to Keep Following by Kane and Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. I know you'll love them both.